This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, this is Julie Newmar, and you are listening to TV Confidential. What's that? Counterfeit currency emanating from this bank? It's impossible. Just answer me a question. Have there been any recent changes in personnel? Nothing whatever, Batman. Except, of course, our chief teller. He went out for a sandwich at noon and didn't return. He did send in a substitute, I'm pleased to say, Mr. Glee. That's him over there. He had references, of course. Of course, Batman. Impeccable. Good afternoon, Mr. Glee. I'm Batman. Obviously, sir. Ed Robertson, along with our guest Lawrence Montaigne. Lawrence has appeared in 25 films and more than 200 television episodes of such classic shows as The Fugitive, Batman, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, and, of course, Star Trek, the original series. Lawrence is also the author of a Vulcan Odyssey, the story of his life and career in and out of the film and television industry, and The Guardian List, a novel. Both The Guardian List and A Vulcan Odyssey are available at Amazon.com and wherever books are sold online. This conversation originally aired in August 2012 on TV Confidential. Lawrence Montaigne passed away in March 2017. Uh, Lawrence, in our previous segment, we were talking about you know one of your early roles with Four Star Productions in, in which you played a gold smuggler on an episode of Amos Burke. And th- there's no way they could have known this, but uh, that was not exactly a stretch for you. I mean, you, you actually did work as a gold smuggler while you were overseas. Uh, that, that's the truth. Uh, I didn't have to do much research. <laughs> I, <laughs> that role. Uh, yes, I, uh, through uh, one uh, coincidence after another, I was in Italy, uh, and uh, but uh, uh, I did get the chance to meet a guy in Switzerland I, in fact, I was in Madrid, and I was waiting to audition for a, a film, The Thin Red Line, mm-hmm. in Madrid. And I got a call from a guy in uh, Geneva, Switzerland, and he said, uh, uh, can you come to Geneva? I'd like to talk to you about a project. And I said, well, all right, I've got time. And uh, so I got on a plane, and I flew to Geneva, Switzerland. I met this guy. We sat down, and we started talking. And he's asking me a lot of personal questions. And finally, I said, uh, what is this all about? I mean, what are, we, what are we talking about? Are we talking about a film or something? He said, no. He said, we're talking about smuggling gold. <laughs> and as casually as, you know, uh, let's have coffee, you yes, know. Yes. And I'm like, duh. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden uh, uh, the wheels started going around in my head, and I thought, "Wow, this would be great uh, if." Uh, and he started talking money, and he was talking big money. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, "Well, he said I'd like you to to take a trip with a load of gold mm-hmm. and travel out to the Far East and." Uh, get a feel for what this is all about because we'd like you to recruit people for us 
to be mules, okay? So uh, they sent me out to the Far East, and of course everything that could go wrong went wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not going to bore you with it right now, but it was, uh, it it was is, a disaster. It's a comic uh, I didn't get caught. Yeah. Uh, and fortunately, in those days, uh, you didn't have uh, metal detectors to exactly. go through at airports. Exactly. Uh, you didn't have people feeling you up and, and touching you all over. It was nothing like that. Yeah. Uh, so I had this jacket that was under my shirt, and it had pockets in it, and in those pockets were ingots of gold, mm -hmm. kilo ingots of gold. So if you stood and looked in the mirror, you would never know that I was carrying all this gold. I mean, it was almost 80 pounds mm -hmm. of gold. But you're a big guy, and you can and you can distribute it. Uh... Yeah, it was distributed evenly over my body. The yeah. only bad part about it is when you got on the plane and sat down, the gold, it, it was also part of it was resting on your legs, mm -hmm. and it cut off circulation. Yeah. So you had to constantly be getting up and walking around, you know. But like I said, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Yeah, but and, and we I won't... did get to Singapore, and I was able to unload, and I did learn about it. And I uh, made a number of trips, and uh, then the guy who I had met in Switzerland, uh, he went, uh, took a load out to uh, Singapore, and on the way out there, he got caught and uh, ended up in Bangkok. In, in prison, in a house arrest in the hotel, and they sent me out to get him out. And that's another part of the story, because I had to smuggle him out. Yeah. <laughs> so smuggling gold in and smuggling him out made for a very interesting uh, uh, story. Is, but uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was very uh, nerve-wracking. Yeah. But I lived through it, you know, and uh, makes for good reading. Makes very good reading in a Vulcan Odyssey, a Vulcan Odyssey by our guest this hour, Lawrence Montaigne. You can find uh, a Vulcan Odyssey uh, at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and where books are sold online. You mentioned before when you came back to the states in the mid 1960s. You know, you found yeah, 63. 1960. The week, the week before the assassination of President Kennedy. Oh, I'll wow. always remember. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, not long after, you know, returning in November 63, you came to know Murray Golden, and it was, a, it was as a result of Murray Golden that you got the attention of Irwin Allen Productions, and you describe your, your work, uh, you, you did all the Irwin Allen shows in the mid-1960s, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, Time Tunnel. Uh, I guess the one you didn't do was Lost in Space, but uh, you describe... Your, your time with Irwin Allen as both the high point of, of your acting career and the low point. How could that possibly be? It was uh, it was very interesting because uh, what happened was I had worked for Allen. Like again, I said, Murray Golden brought me into uh, the uh, Irwin Allen stock company, mm -hmm. and uh, so I was able to do a number of shows, Voyage, and all these shows, and and Time Tunnel, and uh, what. Uh, wasn't told to me is that I, the part I played in Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea was really my screen test for a new series called City Beneath the Sea. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we thought that we had a series that was going to really be, uh, a top, a top Irwin Allen show. For, for some reason, Irwin went to New York with it and, uh, 
he antagonized the people at the networks. And when he came back to Hollywood, uh, he was not able to sell the, the series. I, meanwhile, I was under contract. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a, a very, very low period. And Irwin had decided he was going to make the film, and he decided that the people who were in the cast all had to be replaced. And I had been sitting around for six months waiting for this thing to materialize. Mm -hmm. And when I finally wanted to get back into the acting thing, because I was being paid to sit, mm -hmm. to sit around and wait, it was very difficult. You know, in those days, if someone had a series and it didn't sell, it was stigmatic. Uh, it was because of that actor yeah. uh, that the series didn't sell. And that's the way it was in the business. And a lot of people felt that, uh, knew that I was under co contract Irwin and that uh, the series didn't sell, so it must have been my fault. So that's when I started to look around for other things to do. And that's, that's when I got into the writing, and that's when I got into uh, a number of other things that weren't connected with the business. So on one hand, uh, you know, I was very thankful to Irwin because mm -hmm. I had worked so much for him, but that he really shafted a lot of us when he accused us of not uh, being able to produce and sell the series. didn't work out that way. Yeah, and, and one of the big takeaways for me, uh, Lawrence, in reading a Vulcan Odyssey is that you not only tell your story, of the very of your various lives in and out of uh, Hollywood and in you know in different countries and in different lines of work, not only as an actor but some of your other uh, careers. But you give readers a, a true sense of what it means to be a working you know working actor, working artist. I mean, you go as as we said before at the beginning of the program. Sometimes you know, to be an actor to be a performer is to go where the opportunities take you and to be and, and to be willing to be flexible. To some extent. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But again, I have to repeat that uh, the, the best part about it was that uh, I met people that I had so much respect for. Let me just give you an example. Sure. Jack Palance. I met Jack when I was living in Rome. And he introduced me to Andre de Toth, mm -hmm. the director. And Andre was putting this film together, the Mongols, to go to Yugoslavia. And he needed a, a, someone to do the fencing, uh, to, uh, to choreograph the fencing, and also to play a role. Well, it was ideal for me. I mean, uh, uh, here was, uh, I met Andre through Jack, and uh, he takes me off to Yugoslavia. We were there for three months. Had a great time. Jack was just the biggest pussy cat in the world. <laughs> I came back to the United States and went to work. Uh, I did a the greatest show on earth. Uh, Jack had a series called The Greatest That's Show right. on Earth, and I worked on that. And uh, he turned out to be a beautiful friend. You know, I had a number of these relationships with with people in the business mm -hmm. that were precious. I, I I know that's a terrible word for a, a man actor to use. <laughs> uh, but they were, they were, they were very, they were very uh, uh, dear to my heart. Sure. And you know, the the death of Jack Palance uh, was uh, uh, such a shock to me, you know. Mm -hmm. And the death of Jerome Cortland, who was my producer at Disney, was a shock to me. And and Ernie Borgnine mm -hmm. and these, this is this is tough. This is the tough part of it, you know. But in the in the working part of it, in 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 being involved with these people 
and knowing these people, these wonderful personalities, uh, and and we can mention so many of them, you know, including Steve McQueen and and Dickie Attenborough and all these and, and James Garner. God, mm-hmm. let, don't let me forget James Garner. Uh, but uh, to to have worked with these people, to have spent time with these people, hey, it's a blessing. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Before we say goodbye, we, we began this conversation by talking about Stan, you know, one of the two uh, roles that you are most remembered for. How did you come to recreate Stan 40 years later? It was so weird because I got a call from the producer. And he said, we'd like you to do the part of Stan. And I said, well, what are you talking about? And they said, the writers wrote the part of Stan in this movie called Of Gods and Men. And we'd like you to do it. I said, Jesus, I said, I did that 40 years ago. They said, yes, (laughs) but this is written so that it's 40 years later. And I said, wow. So they brought me into L.A., and I got the script, and I read it, and it was very, it was, it was minuscule. I mean, it was really small. Sure. But the, uh, the director was actually uh, an actor, and he was appearing uh, in his own show. Yeah, and he said, I, I don't want to do this. I just want to direct it. So they handed me the script with all these lines that I'd never seen before. And they said... Uh, here, you're going to do all the lines that the director had. And I said, well, I can't do that. I can't remember lines. I had trouble remembering, you know, my name. And and, and you want me to do... So they did uh, cue cards mm-hmm. for me. And they wrote up the cue cards. And that's how I happened to do it. And it was a lot of fun. And, and unfortunately, it didn't get the greatest airing in the world. It was on uh, the Internet. Yeah. And that was the way it was presented to the public. But uh, it deserved better. It really did. But that's how, how I ended up doing it. It was, it was fun. I, I, I'd like to recreate a lot of the roles I did 40 <laughs> years later. Final, final. What was it like working with Michelle Nichols? Michelle? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, I, I, got a can, I got a chance to kiss her uh, <laughs> because I marry her in, in, in that show. And uh, it was kind of neat. Because she's a pretty good kisser, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, but I'm not the only one that says that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> she, she was great. She was a lot of fun. I see her at different conventions, too. It's very nice. And you can see Lawrence at the official Star Trek convention, which will be held August 9th through 12th at the Rio Suites Hotel, 3700 West 
Flamingo Road in Las Vegas. That's coming up August 9th through August 12th. For more information, go to creationent.com, www.creationent.com. And, and, and you can meet Lawrence, and I'm sure he'll be signing copies of A Vulcan Odyssey. And if you can't make it to Las Vegas, you can find A Vulcan Odyssey at amazon.com, barnesnoble.com, wherever books are sold online. And you can also find The Guardian List. At, at Amazon and through Kindle, and um, uh, as well as LawrenceMontaigne.com, uh, Lawrence's website, LawrenceMontaigne.com. Lawrence, thank you. This has been a lot of fun. It's been good reconnecting with you. And uh, hey, Thank you so much, Ed, and I appreciate your putting me on and, and giving me a shot, you know. Lawrence Montaigne, the actor known around the world for playing both Stan and Decius on the original Star Trek, as well as, as Haynes in The Great Escape, and many other movie and TV appearances. Our conversation with Lawrence Montaigne originally aired in August 2012 on TV Confidential. Lawrence Montaigne passed away in March 2017. Lawrence's autobiography, The Vulcan Odyssey, as well as his original novel, The Guardian List, both available Amazon.com, where books are sold the next edition of TV Confidential will premiere next week on this station at the usual time. Our guests will include award-winning actress Louise Sorrell. If you join us for that, in the meantime, Ed Robertson, Dr. Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, Phil Grace, and Greg Arabar. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next time on TV Confidential. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.